Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. If it was a consultative call, uh, it likely wouldn't have went forward with the Emergency Act. And I I won't speak for, uh, I'll allow premiers to speak for themselves from their respective jurisdiction. But uh, it was our view that it most certainly wasn't necessary. I would say that would be the majority view uh, by far on the call. Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe, who was a guest on this program yesterday, and uh, we were talking about the white paper that uh, the Premier delivered on Tuesday of last week. This past week. And uh, the Saskatchewan government is going to be standing its constitutional grounds or ground against the federal government, if necessary, on the issue of energy and agriculture. But uh, there was Premier Mo talking about the call they got from the federal government on the 14th of uh, February when uh, Mr. Trudeau said we're going to enact, invoke the Emergencies Act. And... Uh, They didn't feel like it was a negotiation. They felt like they were being told this is what's going to happen. And they were. And as you know, the uh, Rouleau Commission on the Emergencies Act is underway. Rouleau Commission. And um, the big question is, was this justified? That's the question. That's the bottom line question. But there is the rider, and we talked about this yesterday, that they've now set the bar for enacting or invoking the Emergencies Act. Subsequent federal governments can be influenced by this government's decision to invoke the Emergencies Act. Christine Van Gein is the litigation director for the Canadian Constitution Foundation, and uh, she co-wrote an op-ed which appeared in the National Post, and uh, the headline of it is the Emergencies Act was never meant to be used against political opponents. Christine, thank you very much uh, for, for joining us today. I just want to quote something from, uh, from, the, uh, from your organization. The threshold for using the Emergencies Act is extremely high and has not been met. But they have set the threshold, have they not, potentially, for subsequent governments or lowered the threshold. I mean, that's the concern that we have. The legal standard should not change, no matter what. But what this does, if this is found to be an appropriate use of the act, is politically it, it changes when a government may or may not feel comfortable invoking it. But it actually should not change the legal standard. The legal standard is the it's a, it's a law of last resort, and it's only available if there's an ur- a critical, urgent, temporary situation that's national in scope that cannot be dealt with under any other law of Canada. And we've heard a lot of testimony in those two days that the hearing has been going on uh, that suggests there were all kinds of alternatives, even from the OPP. Uh, the OPP suggested that they did not think that this law was necessary. We heard from governments like the Saskatchewan and Alberta government saying that they did not view that this was necessary, that there were other legal tools available. If that's the case, the finding should be that this law was improperly used. I want to look at the op-ed that you co-wrote in the National Post. You have concerns as well. And I'll just read this line. By law, the Commission's final report examining and assessing the basis for the government's decision to declare an emergency must be laid before Parliament by February 20, 2023. And uh, you write, this is a Herculean task. And you point out that no other inquiry 
has had this kind of deadline set before it, and arguably for many people, this could be the most one of the most certainly one of the most important inquiries in this country's history. Or contemporary yeah, I, don't, I don't want to suggest that other inquiries have not been important. They've also been very important. But this is the only inquiry to our knowledge and to the commission's knowledge that has its deadline set by statute. And it's actually a very short deadline if you compare it. So the, the commission looking into missing and murdered indigenous women and girls took over three years. And the uh, commission looking into the depletion of sockeye salmon stocks took four years, I think, to to issue a final report. So this has um, until February to complete its work, which is not a lot of time. That's why they have 20 lawyers on on commission staff. Mm -hmm. Canadian Civil Liberties Association, we talked to them yesterday, they pointed out that the government waited the full 60 days to appoint a commissioner. So what they did was actually shorten the time frame. The commission has had to present its report. Yeah, that's that's true. They they were slow out of the gate, and unfortunately, I mean, this is no one's no one's fault. But the commissioner they appointed, Justice Rouleau, ended up having a medical problem early on. Uh, he required surgery, so we got about a month delayed from that. So we really are running short on time. That's why this the schedule for the hearings is. Uh, it's grueling. It's really grueling. The, uh, on Friday, there was uh, testimony going on from 9.30 in the morning until after 7 p.m. at night. So uh, it's a long day for everybody involved. Yeah. Speak to this, please. Uh, piece, again, a, a sentence from your op-ed. Sharp disagreements were immediately apparent in the commission's opening statements. Uh, and, and we know this is going to happen. There are going to be disagreements, and they'll have to be considered, and they'll have to be factored into the final report. It is going to make this, this time frame particularly difficult to, to, uh, to achieve. So what about the, the, the issue of disagreements? Yeah, so it was obvious that there were a number of provinces who did not view the invocation of the act as justified, that there were concerns from the OPP, but there were also people representing, for example, Ottawa residence groups who really wanted to emphasize the level of disruption that the the convoy created. And there was a lot of testimony on the second day that related to that. So there was a lot of testimony from two Ottawa residents um, one was a visually impaired woman who actually says that she lost hearing as well because of the sound from the convoy. And all of that is really, you know, that's, that's terrible. I have a lot of sympathy for people who lived with all this distress. But none of that is answers the question about whether or not this was an urgent situation that was national in scope and, and critical and temporary. It, it actually sounds like it probably was not, given that the provinces said they the provinces asked for the Emergencies Act not to be invoked in certain places. I mean, Saskatchewan and Alberta did not want the Emergencies Act invoked, and it was invoked nationally. So it, it certainly did not seem to be required in a number of places, but it was still invoked. No, and by the time that they invoked it, and they talked about uh, the issues at the border in uh, in Alberta, they talked about uh, issue uh, the border in Windsor, Windsor, Detroit, the Ambassador Bridge. By the time they invoked the Emergencies Act, those uh, those protests and th- those situations had dissolved. Yes, and that goes to speak to the question of whether or not the situation could be dealt with under any other law. Since ultimately the protests in Ottawa were even cleared using ordinary policing powers, the only thing that really could not have been achieved without 
the uh, Emergencies Act being invoked was the freezing of, of bank accounts and seizure of assets, which it doesn't seem was like was actually necessary in order to clear the protest. There's a lot of constitutional problems with the fact that the government decided to do that. Um, you know, that, that, that is an unreasonable and un- potentially unlawful search if that threshold was not met, which we argue it wasn't. What do you think Canadians should be asking themselves? We're watching this very carefully. We want to know what the parameters are. We want to know what the the impact of this decision uh, is ultimately going to be. What do we need to be asking ourselves? What you need to ask yourself is not, what do I think of the convoy? What do I think of the protest? What do I think of the purpose of the protest? None of that really matters. What matters is, did the government meet the legal threshold to invoke this extraordinary law that's never been used before that gives them the power to create new criminal law by edict. Did they have the legal justification to do that? Not do I have sympathy for people who were affected by the protest, not did I, did I sympathize with the protesters. None of that matters. The question is, was the threshold met for this extraordinary law? And we argue that it was not. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.